Today's episode of the Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by State Farm. When you need a game plan for protection, State Farm agents are here to help. With personalized service, agents are available to talk in person, over text, or through the State Farm app. So go with the one with coverage and agents you can count on. Find an agent in your neighborhood today. State Farm. Talk to an agent today. show on the ringer podcast network my name is danny heifetz and i'm joined as always by my co-host and my co-danny the hero we need and the analyst we deserve the dark knight himself danny kelly wow how are you doing dk yeah uh, i'm doing wonderful how are you doing i'm doing fantastic fan fantastic nice. how are you doing craig craig horlbeck how are you today i'm great there's no fun initial game for ch but i'm trying to think of one there's no dark knight <laughs> version of ch but we'll get there you're the the, the i'm not even gonna try there's nothing we'll think of something we'll think of something, <laughs> we'll think of something. uh <laughs> we're gonna run through a bunch of players we like in their matchups this week we're gonna break down our fanduel lineup of the week at the end but first we're gonna run through some categories of some daily fantasy players we like shall we dive in Let's do it. Let's do it. I think we should. All right. This is go big or go home. Well, now let's just go big. We're just we're just shortening it. Concision. Important in this podcast. <laughs> DK, who's an expensive player you think is worth the money this week? All right. I'm going to go with Michael Thomas of the Saints. Going up against the Buccaneers, uh, really, really bad pass defense. He's nine grand this week on FanDuel, uh, that, and that is 700 more than the next closest receiver. But I think he's worth the money. Uh, the Bucks are dead last against opposing receivers per FanDuel scoring. Thomas is on pace for an NFL record, 153 catches. I mean, he's been the most consistent receiver in fantasy easily. Double digits every single week. His low of the season was 12.9 points. Um, and going up against this Buccaneers defense, there's a good chance he has a touchdown in this game. I think that the Saints will bounce back offensively after a dud last week. Um, this stat from Rich, Re- Rich Reber is really interesting. I thought Thomas is getting 66.9% of the Saints receiver targets. The next highest in the NFL is Allen Robinson at 49.4%. So his his receiver share among the, the team's receivers is absurd. Um, and his 32.9 target share, uh, he has a 32.9 target share in that offense. So he's just getting an incredible amount of targets and volume, and that's exactly what you want in fantasy. I think that's that gives him an incredible floor. What do you think our podcast share is? What's Heifetz like? <laughs> Who's the usage rate? Heifetz is like 60%, Danny Kelly no, maybe Heifetz is like fifty-two, Danny Kelly like thirty-eight, and I'm like eight. Are we like West? <laughs> are we like Westbrook and Harden, and you're like Dennis Schroeder or Absolutely. something? Absolutely, I'm like Eric Gordon coming in. I get like a quick twelve and then leave. <laughs> yeah, Austin Rivers, really? Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, wow, that we let's work on that. Yeah. Those some metrics would be fascinating. <laughs> maybe, uh, Tom- maybe we should do a football version of that. That would. Well, are you Michael Thomas? Um, who's Michael Thomas? And you know, what? let's move on. Michael Thomas, <laughs> I like for real, and I like D- I like this one, DK, for two reasons. Number one. Uh, Bill Barnwell had a great column this week identifying a bunch of trends for the second half of the season or the final eight games or seven games, whatever. And one of the things he identified was that Michael Thomas actually should be doing better because he has fewer touchdowns than you'd expect based on that massive, massive target share. So he could be in line for more. So I love him in this matchup. The other reason I love Michael Thomas and the Saints this week is because we have finally identified why they lost to the Falcons last week. That was shocking, (laughs) right? 
That was, it was the, the weirdest game of the entire season. It, easily. it was. And that the Falcons and Saints, it was the largest point spread in the history of their rivalry on record. How could that wow. have gone wrong? <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's what Sean Payton said after the game. Pick a situation and, and there's a good chance they won that situation. Third down, they were better both sides of the ball. Penalties, they were better. Um, so collectively, we've got to do a better job. That starts with me. And uh, So why would they not be focused and ready? Sean Payton had an elaborate surprise proposal to his longtime <laughs> girlfriend on Friday night, DK. In the French Quarter. <laughs> what could go wrong? I, now, yeah. I am all for having work-life balance, and I don't think that anyone should be precluded from proposing. Having yeah, said that. Yeah, I was going to say, this is borderline. That's, like, no, no, I am not. That's not what I'm saying. it almost. Um, that's what I'm okay. saying. What I'm saying is Sean Payton, famously, not a delegator. And this seems <laughs> super elaborate. And it had all the hallmarks of a Saints great, play, of great offense, a lot of deception, and meticulous timing. I'm quoting now from <laughs> Nell Nolan of NOLA.com, which, what an amazing name. Nell Nolan for NOLA.com. Quoting, <laughs> Saints coach Sean Payton proposed to his longtime girlfriend, Skylene Montgomery, at a private party. Friends and members of the Saints organization had been celebrating at Moonlight, Moonlight and Miracles, a sparkling gala held annually inside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. A select number of guests were whisked away from the dome at about 8.30 p.m. and taken to the Longway Tavern. The tavern was decorated with balloons and guests were offered champagne as they arrived. Gail Benson, who's the owner of the Saints, was in on the ploy, giving Montgomery a fake invitation to the anniversary toast. The toast, quote unquote, was, however, billed to friends and families as a surprise party in anticipation of Montgomery's 35th birthday, which is December 4th. And then Sean Payton proposed and then, quote, they celebrated. The celebrating continued with music, food and champagne. Sounds lovely. A regal <laughs> event. But really elaborate. Sounds like it took a lot of planning and that maybe it went a little late from Friday night into early Saturday morning. Our final episode of this podcast of the season will be recorded at Moonlight and Miracles. (laughs) (laughs) We will be there. Yes. Sounds like Sean Payton had a lot of thought put into the Wonderful. Honestly, maybe his priority is in order. Beating the Falcons isn't that important. I mean, in the long run. I'm happy he put family first. So finally, the game didn't matter. My did. point is, yeah, let's get. So your point is that they're going to have a big bounce back, which is they're going to crush think the Bucks. They're yeah. going to crush them. They're Honeymoon phase is over for Honeymoon, Sean Payton. Exactly. Well, it's, <laughs> he's like no beautiful. more fucking around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you, so you, I don't even know if you actually said your player yet. You're going with Alvin. Kamara. Oh yeah, sorry, I'm going with Alvin Kamara because he had four carries for 24 yards and eight catches for 50 yards, and the Bucks have a great run day, but I think that's kind of more a result of them having a terrible pass defense that. Excuse those numbers. Saints are going to crush them. Big bounce back week for the Saints. Kamara is actually relatively cheap. 7,800. Going up against a really good Buccaneers defense. Uh, I should say Buccaneers run defense. Um, but they're using him in the passing game so much. I think I like this too. You know, he's going to, they're going to try and get him really, really involved, I think, in this game. He's probably fully healthy by now. Craig, who are you going big on this week? I'm going with my boy, Josh Jacobs. I love Josh Jacobs. He's playing the Bengals too, this week. I know, he's great. He's $8,000 on FanDuel. He is PFF's number one graded running back in elusive rating, uh, which is based on missed tackles, forced, and yards after the contact per attempt, which is great. Every time you watch him, I believe he's doing something like he's, Kevin Clark just said this on the NFL show, he's miss, He's like forcing .27 missed tackles every run, so once every four runs, he's basically evading a tackle. 
He's also having a great season, and he's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. And, and this is Rookie of the Year time. He's playing the Bengals. This is going to be the game where Josh Jacobs is going to run for like 170 yards and officially set himself atop the throne for Rookie of the Year over Kyler Murray this year. He's six amongst RBs in yards per game. And yeah, the Bengals suck. <laughs> do, you, do you remember at the beginning of the year when I want to say Gruden told him, we're going to give you a chance to win Offensive Rookie of the Year? Yeah. And, like, it was like all about, you got to run with it, though. And he has, absolutely. Uh, my point being is maybe they actually have these awards in mind. Like, you know, for their players, they want it's a like good morale boost and all that. So it wouldn't be surprising if they completely just feed him in this game. And he's been so consistent. He hasn't had less than 17 touches since week three. And he puts up like 100 yards every single game. He had five targets last week, which is encouraging. And the one thing we yeah. loved, we talked about this early on in the season, I love that he wasn't in hard knocks. <laughs> Love oh, yeah, he that. was like absolutely absent from the story. They barely showed him once, like running once, and they're like, "There's rookie <laughs> Josh Jacobs." The, anyway, oh yeah, first rounder. Who yeah. was the other guy riding the horse? There were two guys riding the horse. One was the safety, and they yeah, played Old Town Road. Not Josh Jacobs. No, it wasn't Josh Jacobs. But it was like, "There's Josh Jacobs over there in the corner." Anyway, back to Derek Carr's yeah. arm. That's a good sign. That's <laughs> a good sign. Yeah, they could have used less Derek Carr in Hard Knocks. Love Josh Jacobs right. this week. Josh Jacobs can run till the cows come home this week. But that was go big. And this is go home. Like said cows. Who is someone? Jeez. Yeah, that was a little bit of a stretch. DK, <laughs> who is someone too expensive for you this week that's pretty pricey? Uh, I'm staying away from Kenny Galladay of the Lions. Galladay? Galladay. 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 Sorry. Kenny Galladay going up against the Lions. Or I should say going up against the Cowboys who have a very good pass defense. They rank number two actually in against receivers and fantasy points on FanDuel. We don't know what Matt Stafford's status is. He's probably not going to play, or if he does play, he may be limited just because of that back injury. It's just really kind of hard to trust this Lions offense right now. And Galladay in particular is, I guess, a big— he, he's kind of like a boomer bust type player just based on the fact they use him as a deep threat. He's, he's scored a lot of touchdowns over the last like five or six weeks. So it's just it makes me a little bit nervous at 7,600 this week, going up against a very good Dallas defense, and um, particularly just against receivers. And so I, I just don't love that matchup. One reason I am out on Kenny Galladay, aside from the matchup, is that he's had eight touchdowns on 38 catches this season. Bill Barnwell pointed out on his... It's like the Tyler Collins Lockett or, numbers. Extremely. Yeah. Like Tyler Lockett, but without Russell Wilson. So even if Stafford was playing eight touchdowns and 38 catches, is really hard to do. Stafford totally, out, it's totally. impossible. But so he's probably trending down even before Stafford's injury. Never mind with it factored in whether Stafford plays injured or just it's uh, poor Jeff Driscoll. Poor Jeff Driscoll again. They, I mean, yeah, they become. I think they become pretty much check down team with Driscoll in there. I mean, they got him a touchdown uh, last week, but I just wouldn't rely on that this week. Yeah, other than that touchdown, he had two catches for like ten yards. Jeff, right? So yeah, it's just it makes me nervous. Jeff Driscoll, bless his heart. Craig, you got to <laughs> someone you're you're not out. Who's who are you sending home? Uh, I will send home Mike Evans if Marshawn Lattimore plays for the Saints. The last time the Bucks played the Saints, Mike Evans had zero catches on three targets. Um, and this is an endorsement of Chris Godwin, who is two thousand dollars cheaper or two hundred dollars, excuse me, cheaper on FanDuel. And the last time Godwin played the Saints, he had one hundred twenty-five yards and two touchdowns. Because mm. the Saints do not guard uh, slot receivers well. P.J. Williams in the slot has been getting torched. And people are thinking that he might move to the outside if Marshawn Lattimore doesn't play, which would, I believe, put Eli Apple uh, in slot, um, which doesn't 
really looked great for the Saints. So keep an eye on Lattimore. He's iffy, kind of a 50-50 play with a hamstring injury. But if he does um, play, I would not recommend Mike Evans, and I would go with Chris Godwin, even though he's been pretty slow the past three weeks. Yeah, Lattimore is kind of the real key of that whole defense. Mm-hmm. But Evans is the third most expensive receiver on this slate. The second Lattimore went out last week, there was a 40-yard touchdown. The, the next play. <laughs> he's good at yeah, football. He's good. Uh, someone else good at football. I'm kind of out on this week. I'm cheating. I'm already t- cheating in advance to this person. Deshaun Watson at Baltimore. He's $8,200, one of the most expensive quarterbacks of the week. I'm cheating because I am... It depends on the injuries. There's so many injuries that I think affect this matchup. So left tackle for Houston, Larry Mutunsel. He missed week nine with a shoulder injury. Texans were on by last week. Right tackle, Titus Howard is dealing with a knee injury. And then receiver, Will Fuller, is dealing with a hamstring injury. He's not played in, in a few weeks. All three of those guys could play this week. It also would not be shocking if none of them played. That is a huge difference because the Ravens blitz more than any other team in the league. They do not have good edge rushers in Baltimore, but they blitz half of plays. So I'm way more confident in Deshaun Watson if he's got his two left and right, he's got his left and right tackle on either side of him, and then Will Fuller returns and they can take advantage, they can pick up those blitzes and then throw the ball over the top to a secondary that is already weakened because they sent an extra rusher that didn't get there, and then Will Fuller's the one catching the pass. But if he doesn't have either of those tackles and then Will Fuller's not in the game, I'm not nearly as big of a fan of Watson in this game. I'm a little worried about those blitzes. So The Ravens' secondary is... Very good. I think trend, trending way up right now. I mean, they got Jimmy Smith back. They traded for Marcus Peters. And uh, Humphreys is like one of the best corners in the NFL. So they, they— Marlon Humphrey, not Humphreys. They came into the year as very deep at secondary. Then they had a ton of injuries. So Tony Jefferson right, is right. out for the year, but he was their safety alongside Earl Thomas. But now they got people back, so Jimmy Smith is back. As you said, they traded for Marcus Peters. So now they're deep at secondary again. Plus Earl Thomas, of course. Plus, plus yeah. the go to Earl Thomas. So Deshaun Watson's got a tough go for the next three or four weeks. He's got Baltimore this week, then he's got Indy, then he's got New England, and then he's got Denver. It's tough. Yeah. 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 Might be a couple week fade for Deshaun Watson. Love Deshaun, though. But not this week. All right. Let's keep going into some categories. But first, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Ray Donovan returning to Showtime this Sunday. As Ray navigates the mean streets of New York, we find everyone's favorite fixer determined to become a better man. But past threats resurface that require the Ray of old. Once again, cleaning up after his father Mickey's mess, Ray is forced to confront a dangerous enemy from their family's past, while avoiding authorities hell-bent on putting the Donovans behind bars. Will Ray do what's needed to fix the family's dilemma, or will he walk away and finally fix himself? Find out how it all unfolds. Leave Schreiber and John Voigt star in a new season of Ray Donovan, premiering this Sunday at an all-new time of 8 p.m. Eastern, only on Showtime. All right, let's hop into Miller Range Sweet Spot, which is unofficially, maybe we should make it officially known as Goldilocks. DK, who's your Goldilocks for this week? I'm kind of focusing in on uh, Mohamed Sanu, the Patriots, going up against an Eagles secondary that has gotten roasted a lot this season. Uh, Sanu last week, I should say two weeks ago, against the Ravens had 14 targets, 10 catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Clearly has earned a big role in this passing offense. Clearly has earned the trust of Tom Brady, which is probably the biggest variable that you can have You know, coming from a different team coming into the Patriots' offense. You have to have Brady's trust, and he clearly has that. 
Um, so I like this spot for him. I like this opponent. Fifty eight hundred bucks is a, a good middle range sweet spot. I think Sanu has, you know, good floor because I think he's going to get, you know, a solid volume in this passing game going forward. When the Pats traded for Sanu, he checked his DMs on Instagram, and Tom Brady had DM'd him saying he could have number twelve if if he wanted. Do you buy that? Well, I think he I think he sent it. It's just I think he was joking, but yeah, still, yeah. it's better without <laughs> it's better without adding that. It's a better story if you don't. Last week, Brady, I actually saw this on uh, on Patriots All Access. He said of Sanu, he, he said, I certainly have a way that I like the receivers to play, so it's hard to get someone up to speed in a very short period of time. We've seen that, and, and this is me talking. We've seen that many, many times in the past. But back to Brady. But he's done everything we could expect and more. So I, I just like I like that. Sanu seems just like a really solid receiver, good hands, You know, can run after the catch. They can do other things. Hell, you might even get like a passing touchdown out of them. <laughs> So that's always fun, but yeah. So I just like really well. in the spot. Absolutely, Craig. You got a Goldilocks? Uh, yes, I do. I'm going with Devil Sing- Devin Singletary. Last week we called him Devin Double Terry, Triple Terry. I think we triple Terry. We triple Terry him. Well, I'm going with him this week. He's 6,500 bucks, a 13th most expensive running back. Um, last week he kind of underperformed, and I had people he kind of uh, pushed people off his scent, but. Because he only scored like six and a half fantasy points. He only had eight carries. But the team only rushed the ball 14 times. So that kind of had nothing to do with him. It was just kind of a bizarre Bills offensive scheme last week against the Browns. But they're playing the Dolphins this week. Miami's given up the fifth most fantasy points to running backs this season. And he's doubling Frank Orr's snaps completely. The past three weeks, yeah. he has doubled his snaps. Um, and he's been targeted 16 times in those last three weeks as well. So I think the last like five games of the season, Devin Singletary is going to be a legitimate borderline running back one slash two. I love Singletary. I think the Bills have always liked Singletary. He was hurt in the beginning of the year. They had Frank Gore. They got rid of McCoy. I think now is finally the time when they're actually going to utilize him like they wanted to maybe five weeks earlier. Would you be shocked if Devin Singletary had more fantasy points than Josh Jacobs the rest of the way? No, I wouldn't be shocked. I think I would be a little surprised. Yeah, same here. It's his receiving. I mean, he had eight targets last week. That's the reason why I wouldn't be shocked. Love love Devin Tripletary. All right, my Goldilocks for this week is DJ Chark on the Jaguars. They're playing at Indianapolis. Uh, the Jaguars are coming off of a bye, and Nick Foles is back, and That's everything is magic. Yeah. The third straight season that Nick Foles will just like come out of nowhere in the end of the season after everyone had kind of forgotten <laughs> about him and just lead a team on a playoff run. Uh, Foles has got hurt on his non-throwing collarbone on a th- touchdown pass to none other than DJ Chark. In week mm-hmm. one, Chark, Chark was wonderful with Gardner Minshew playing. He's number 12 in receiving yards per game with 77. Chark is tied for third in receiving touchdowns. The Colts secondary is a little banged up. Cornerback Pierre Desir, who's been great this season, has not played since week seven. Uh, I think the Jaguars and Foles, I, I just love that offense, and I think that Chark has just been fantastic. And the he hasn't been quite as explosive the last few weeks in this price which could be a lot higher. I think that he's going to be even better with Foles than he was with Minshew. So love me some Chark. And I also don't mind Chris Conley this week, who's a little cheaper at 5,500 compared to Chark at 6,000. Do you guys think that Foles is going to be an upgrade going forward? Yes, I do. Okay. I believe in Nick Foles. Okay. I, if, I am not kidding. If the last two seasons have taught me anything about football, and I mean anything, other than the Patriots will make the Super Bowl every year, it is that I believe <laughs> in Nick Foles. That is the only thing, yeah. is the number one thing I've learned. I mean, that's fair. Galaxy Brain Play of the Week. I'm already regretting mine, but let's do this. Let's do that's it. That's the 
objective of Galaxy Brain. No, the whole, yeah, no, it's the Galaxy Brain. Look, it's you're, you can't always just roll with, you got to ascend to a higher plane, reach the cosmic <laughs> yeah. apotheosis, and you've got to see, you know, all 12 dimensions at once. So who's okay, your, who's well, your, I feel like I'm doing that. I'm doing that with Dwayne Haskins, Redskins <laughs> quarterback, rookie quarterback, going up against the Jets this week. He is 6,500, which is cheaper than everyone except for Brian Hoyer and Ryan Finley. <laughs> so, Yikes. In other words, it, this is as cheap as you can get at quarterback other than truly terrible options. Um, now, let's talk about this. He's averaged 3.68 points per game in his three starts as an NFL player. Not great. Uh, Bill Callahan, the head coach of the Redskins right now, is an old-school, super run-heavy oriented coach. That doesn't bode extremely well for Haskins. <laughs> However, here's where we get into the galaxy brain situation. Right, the Jets are right. a massive, massive pass funnel defense. They're second in DVOA this season versus the run, 24th versus the pass. As you remember last week, they held Barkley, Saquon Barkley to one yard on 13 carries. They've held opponents under 100 rushing yards in six of the last eight games. Ipso facto, the Redskins may be forced to actually pass the ball in this game, and that means that Haskins could get more potential fantasy volume. That could be good for him. Uh, well, you remember also Danny Dimes is coming off of a four-touchdown game against the Jets. So this is absolutely a situation if you want to just go huge on skill position players and then go really, really bargain bin on on quarterback. But I think that Haskins has an opportunity to actually pass the ball quite a bit in this game. Perhaps an opportunity for the cheapest stack in daily history and just doing Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin this week. Yeah, why not? Why not? Well, because I mean, I can tell you many be- reasons why not. <laughs> yes, but, um, but this is this is Galaxy Brain, so this is where I'm going. I kind of just, I'm excited to see how this all plays out. I'm glad you answered the why not, because I didn't really <laughs> even want to puncture all that. Craig, who's your galaxy brain? OJ Howard every week. Oh, my God. <laughs> Again. I'm doubling down. Who also, cares? congrats. That was great. I was proud of you. I was so happy. I titled- You even made it the title of the podcast. Yeah, I really like. I really dug a hole. <laughs> yeah. And luckily, OJ Howard gave me a ladder to climb out. You're like, you're like in rounders <laughs> where it's like you get out of it and then you just completely fix the situation. Then you're like, nope, fuck, I'm betting all this money again. <laughs> <laughs> As soon, yeah, I go all in, win, and then just go all in again. Um, this is a true, this is just gut. The Saints are good against the Saints are good against the tight end. They are. They're just they're like a they're like a top 10 defense against tight ends. But I will throw in a caveat. If Lattimore is out, then I would do this. Okay. But if he's not, things change. But OJ Howard, 99% of snaps last week. <laughs> that's almost all of them. Uh, <laughs> that is. That's he's fact. the 10th most expensive tight end on FanDuel. Even Evan Silva called him a, he's now, I love that when, fantasy is so funny because like anybody has a good game. They could be bad the entire year. They have a great game with like really promising stats just one time. And then everyone's like, well, yeah, he's back. Like he, well, he's firmly worked himself back into the tight end one category. Yeah. And he, then next week he could have one target for zero catches. And then we'd be like, well, OJ Howard's clearly off. Is OJ Howard radar. the Jeff Green of fantasy football? Yeah, honestly, he might be. I'm not sure who that's insulting. <laughs> but, that's a good question. Um, let's do it. Let's ride with OJ Howard. All right. I'm all in. He's all talented. Right. Bet on talent. I'm going to make this a little, 
Washington sandwich right here because I'm getting the Washington defense against the Jets. Nice. Oh, boy. Uh, the Washington defense has been really bad. Like, like really, really, really bad. But they're playing the Jets who have been worse. The Jets are last in every offensive category. So I feel like it's not the biggest risk of them getting blown out. They've been trading. This game has been trading back and forth with the Broncos versus the Vikings is the lowest over under the week. The, the only two in the 30s. Uh, and the Jets are a turnover machine. Their offensive line is awful. I'm betting against the Jets' culture. That's really what this is. The Jets' <laughs> lost guard, Brian Winters. Their other guard, I don't know if you heard, Kalechi Assemble, thought he like he wanted shoulder surgery. The Jets were like, nah, and then they fought about it and then cut him. A uh, lot of tough stuff going on the Jets' offensive line. The, Reds, the Washington actually has a pretty good defensive line um, with Ryan Kerrigan, and uh, who sneakily has among the most sacks of the last four years of any defender. And they're the 11th cheapest defense. And there is an outside shot. They could four be number grand. one. Yeah. Four grand outside shot. They could be the number one defense this week. So love, love me. Love to roll with mean, the Washington defense. Darnold is a turnover machine. So I kind of like it. Like it, it makes some sense. Maybe a deep, deep galaxy brain is Adrian Peterson. I was looking at Adrian Peterson's stats. He's three of his last four games. He's had 20 touches and over a hundred yards. You were looking at stats? Looking at some stats. Yeah, but the problem is that, well, and, and this is what makes it Galaxy Brain, potentially, is that Geis is back. And and Adrian Peterson did that against the Niners, the Bills, and the Vikings. I kind of like this one better, because then it's if Washington's winning, they bleed out the clock, everyone is Darius Geis forgetting that he hasn't played football in like two years, and then they just... Yeah, he gets like four carries. Yeah, he gets four yeah. carries, because they're like, again, has not played <laughs> since he was like at LSU, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Every year we check, check back on like the carries totals of the year and Adrian Peterson's always like sixth. And we're like, what the hell? Isn't he like 40? <laughs> He's just every year. His total 18, 14, 20, 23, the last four games. Okay, I like this. You know what? I'm swapping my you galaxy seem to, brain. You really, you like, you love Adrian Peterson in fantasy. I do. Do you have him on multiple teams? I only have him in one, but he's just like so quietly reliable that nobody talks about it. He's got like 13 <laughs> points, 11 points, 6 points, 14. He's reliable, all reliable. All right, I'm into it. All right, bargain bin play of the week when you're filling out this lineup. You got to scrape the bottom of the barrel. Who are you scraping, DK? I'm going with Debo Samuel of the 49ers. Going up against the Arizona Cardinals defense, which has been bad this season. He's only 5,600, so very, very cheap on this slate. Um, And the reason he's actually very interesting, well, it's multiple fold. I think he's a good player, first of all. And he's starting to build... um, you know, his resume with that offense, the 49ers pass catching core has just been a disaster. Like if you watch that Seahawks game, they had so many drops and so many terrible plays. Um, but also Emmanuel Sanders and George Kittle both banged up, both out on Thursday. We're recording Thursday afternoon. Um, neither of those guys played this uh, on Thursday. It practiced on Thursday. So that means that Samuel goes in this into this game, potentially one of the top targets down the field for them. Um, he put up 112 yards on 11 targets against the Seahawks. Um, he's also used in, in kind of like end arounds and things like that. He's good around the red zone. So I just like his value, especially with the injury situation and going up against Arizona. He looked excellent uh, in that game. He was the only Niner that did not seem over, pass catcher that did not seem completely overcome by the moment in that. Seahawks Monday yeah. Night Football game after Emmanuel Sanders went out was Debo was the only one who stood up. It was really it was a really impressive game for him. Loved Debo. Yeah, I can't remember. I feel like they had like six or seven egregious drops in that game, so they need somebody. Oh, Kendrick to step Bourne. Up. Well, Kendrick Bourne caught a touchdown and then 
dropped a ball that went right through his hands and into a Seahawks defender. <laughs> I feel like you do yeah. remember. You're a Seahawks fan. You definitely remember all the drop passes. I mean, I don't remember them individually. I remember clusters of drops that were very helpful to the Seahawks. Cl- I mean, the Seahawks defense played really well. Cluster is too. one word that comes to mind when I think <laughs> of that game. Yeah. DK, how did you feel about Josh Gordon? He made two big catches there in the fourth quarter. Oh, man, that was huge. That was so huge. Uh, it was funny because he barely played, or at least he wasn't a factor for like the first three quarters of the game. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter uh, and overtime, he made a couple of big plays. And I was like, whoa, I forgot yeah, he was on the yeah, team. Yeah, I was just like <laughs> 5 million people simultaneously was like, Josh Gordon's a Seahawk. That- so he's number, yeah, he's number 10. And he made a catch. And I was like, is that Paul Richardson? Like, who is that? Is Paul Richardson you know, on steroids now? What's happening? Paul Richardson. <laughs> So anyways, I still believe yeah. in Paul Richardson, by the way. Love Paul Richardson. <laughs> I'm a huge Paul Richardson yeah. guy. The Seahawks now have the beefiest wide receivers in the league. That's, oh, that's a fact. Yeah. It's not DK, even a DK, Metcalf, and Josh Gordon. They're it's almost as close. beefy as the three of us. Almost. They're so close. <laughs> Craig, <laughs> one of them can beat up all three of us. Who's um, your parking bin, Craig? <laughs> I'm going to go with Marquise Brown, DK's guy. Hell yeah. Playing Houston this week. This game is the highest over-under of all the Sunday games. It's 52. It's the second highest of the week behind the, the Chiefs game. He didn't play much last week, Marquise Brown, but he still had 80 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> Texans give up a lot of big plays. Um, they allow 5.8 yards after they catch the season, which is the fourth highest in the NFL. And Marquise Brown averages the second most yards after the catch. So that's a nice little button there. Evan Silva, apparently, <laughs> I was wondering how he knew this. This is just why Evan Silva is so smart. Um, it says that Houston's defensive backs are slow. Like, I don't know how he knows that, but that's amazing. I mean, I know the Giants Probably defensive like backs times. are slow from watching them. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Interesting. So I figured that out. But that still seems tough to just judge by the naked eye if somebody's slow or not compared to like what's, I don't know. But that's why Evan Silva is so great. So I'm going to trust his word. And uh, according to my research, Marquise Brown is fast. So that checks out. <laughs> Good one. Good. <laughs> Keep in mind, he has been out. I think he missed practice on Thursday, so... Just keep that in mind. He was limited last week, too, and then the same thing happens. So I think that— We don't want to go too deep down the Marquise Brown wormhole, do we? Well, Danny Danny seems to think he sucks still, even though I don't think I ever made— So I'm I'm a big Marquise Brown guy. I don't think I ever said he's not going to be injured. He's been good when he's been playing. I— feel that you're you're here's the thing this is you're you're making a straw man argument based on my argument i said he's very very good and he's going to be perfect for their their offense i never said he's never going to get hurt and he has been good for their offense yeah he's got like four touchdowns in the seven seven games he's played i'll I'll believe that one (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) my bargain bin brian i love this i love this battle I'm I'm gonna say that for another day. This is like Danny moving. He moves the goalposts. No, no, don't say I'm moving the goalposts. We will play the tape because what I said was he played 12 snaps in the Dolphins game, and that he was recovering from a foot injury, and that we could not rely on him to have a lot of snaps. I feel that's been accurate. If that's verbatim what you said, then okay. We pull up. We will pull Craig. We're gonna pull up the tape. I'm much too busy to do that. (laughs) Sorry. All right. Well, whatever. (laughs) Bargain bin. Brian Hill. How about about this? Let's agree to disagree, or let's let's agree that we're both right in some ways. How about that? Okay. How amicable? (laughs) That is amicable. It just pained you physically to say okay there. I feel like agreeing on nuances and great content, but that's what makes us different. So, you know what, DK, I agree. You know what? There's a lot of complexity Hi, here. Vince, and that's who's your bargain makes... bin? Thank you, Craig. Brian Hill, running back for the Atlanta Falcons to going against the Panthers. He's very cheap. He's $5,900. It's like James White territory. Uh, Devontae Freeman is out 
Uh, Brian Hill, starting running back who got 20 carries last week, who is very affordable. Uh, the risk is the Falcons lose, like, like fall behind very early in this game and don't really run the ball a ton, which, again, like last week, they're playing the Falcons, uh, playing the Saints, and they got the lead, which was a surprise in itself. Uh, the Falcons could fall behind, and Hill is not the best receiver, but still a starting running back who could get a lot of carries in this game. There's not really a lot of competition in this backfield. Quadri Allison didn't even enter last week's game on offense. He, uh, Freeman had 30 snaps in the game. Brian Hill, I mean, he's hurt, so he's not going to have any this week. Brian Hill had 38 last week, and then Ken John Barner had 10. So Brian Hill will be on the field quite a bit for a running back that's only 1500 bucks, and I will take those odds. Love me some Brian Hill. Yeah, you're looking for volume? That's where you can get it. I like it. This is like that Kendrick... Kenyon Drake situation a couple weeks ago with the Cardinals where it's like the first game where they're going to get really featured and no one kind of buys them yet and next yep. week he'll be more expensive. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right, let's get into our FanDuel lineup of the week. But first, let's talk about FanDuel. The Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, now available in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Indiana. FanDuel Sportsbook wants to know what you'd bet if you knew you couldn't lose. The New England Patriots are on the road after a bye. New England is a three-point favorite in a hostile Philly environment. The Eagles have a three-and-one record at home, but just two-and-two two against the spread, while the Pats are three-and-two against the spread as road warriors. The Eagles' offense third, uh, sorry, has the most third-down conversions in the league. The Patriots' defense has allowed the fewest. Will the Patriots win by 14 or more points? That pays out more than two-and-a-half-to-one odds. Here's the thing. That is not a thought experiment. This is for real. Those bets are real. That's right. Right now, FanDuel is giving new users their first bet risk-free. That means you can place any bet, and FanDuel will refund you up to 500 bucks in site credit if you don't win. When was the last time your bookie gave you a do-over? Didn't think so. To claim your risk-free bet, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app from iOS App Store or visit FanDuel.com Android. And be sure to use promo code RINGERNFL so they know we sent you. That's promo code RINGERNFL, R-I-N-G-E-R-N-F-L, to get your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Must be 21 plus and physically present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, or West Virginia. Applies to first wager only. First wager must be placed within seven days of sign-up. Max refund is $500. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit and expires 14 days after receipt. Terms apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, let's get into our FanDuel lineup of the week. We're going to build our team. I'm excited. I think we're, we're excited about this lineup this week, right? I'm really excited about it. Uh, I'm less excited about the fact that you forgot to enter our team last week. Yeah, 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 that was my bad. That's a tough, <laughs> tough look for our boy, Danny. That was my tough. bad. That was my bad. Well, like I had it, and then I didn't hit like the confirm. But that was look. It's all good. Um, it's all good. We'll do it this week. Make sure you get in this week, and uh, we'll be good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll take the. Yeah, that one would have done good, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> my bad. All right. Well, this one we're gonna do even better. Uh, quarterback. I'm so excited. Joshy Allen. Our favorite. We've never doubted him for a second. <laughs> the Bills are playing the Dolphins. They're at the Dolphins. $7,800. Dolphins are still bad and still give up a lot of points to quarterbacks. And we love Josh Allen. We love the rushing floor. And he funds so many of our other lovable players in this lineup. Uh, Josh Allen, a quarterback, 
The aforementioned Brian Hill of Atlanta at running back, who himself subsidizes. DK, you want to take this next one away? Dalvin Cook, baby. I love Dalvin Cook. He's 8,600 this week. Uh, Going up against Denver, but Cook has just been a monster. He's good in the passing game. He's good in the running game. Uh, The Minnesota offense has just been clicking. So, yeah, I love Dalvin Cook. Clicking or cooking? Sorry, I, even I'm upset at myself uh, for that one. Even I'm I don't know. Ups, even what did I'm, I say? Cooking? I, you, They've been firing on all cylinders. How's that? I don't like that one because I don't... I mean, I, I know that like vaguely applies to an engine, but I don't know what that means anymore. <laughs> the engines yeah. still have cylinders? <laughs> that, yes. Quietly always wondered that to myself. No maybe. one takes body shop anymore in school. That was, that's all our dads. Yeah, I was you like... I, it's oh, not man. common knowledge to no, say the not least. Not anymore. I feel like it used to be. Yeah, that used to... Yeah. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Michael Thomas at receiver. Love Michael Thomas. Yes. Going up against Tampa Bay. And Marshall, well, sorry, he plays in the Saints. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, terrible defending uh, receivers. And Michael Thomas. They just dropped Vernon Hargraves. Well, So now a young group is even younger. Our other, all right, so to recap, that's Josh Allen at quarterback, Brian Hill at running back, Dalvin Cook at running back, Michael Thomas at receiver, DJ Chark, baby, at receiver. Love DJ Chark. And then your beloved Chris Godwin, Craig. The God. Big bounce back week for the God. Big bounce back week for the Saints. <laughs> Tight end, we got Greg Olson. Another a lot of Craig picks in here. What I like, Greg Olson. You love Greg Olson. I do. He had a great week last week. <laughs> we had a we had a real life fantasy football discussion about our team about Greg Olson, and uh, last week he had eight catches for ninety yards. That's another yards. thing I screwed up that yep. you were really mad at me about. <laughs> <laughs> we dropped Greg Olson. I was like, I don't know if we should. We need a backup for Evan Ingram. And then he, and then, he and then went Evan off. We got Jared Cook. It's fine. Yeah. We have Jared Cook. All right. DK, would you rather have Jared <laughs> Cook or Greg Olson the rest of the season? Uh, probably Greg Olson. Hmm. Uh, well, you just said that to make me look bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, at Flex, we've got Marquise Brown, who, as Craig mentioned, with his expert analysis, very fast. So fast. Very fast. And Houston, secondary, apparently slow. There we go. Expert, <laughs> hard-hitting analysis. Also, Houston gives up a ton of freaking points to receivers. Uh, Houston, I believe, is the this second This going to be most, a shootout, right? This has got to be a shootout. I believe Houston gives up the second most fantasy points to receivers. Man, Baltimore-Houston, that's going to be a fun game. 52 over under. It's easily the most fun game of the week. Lamar, Deshaun, and then defense. <laughs> Galaxy Brain makes it in. Washington's defense against the Jets. Because why yeah. not? Why not us? Because they're, they're bad. <laughs> but don't. But ignore that. That's okay. Beautiful. All right. Sorry. One more time. That team, Josh Allen, a quarterback, Atlanta's Brian Hill at running back, Dalvin Cook at running back. Receivers are Michael Thomas, DJ Chark, Chris Godwin. Tight end is Greg Olson. We're flexing Marquise Brown because he himself is a flex. Defense is Washington. Beautiful. Listener question of the week time. Let's do it. Let's do it. Join the Ringer NFL show Facebook page. Ask us whatever you got. Throw it in. Craig, what do you got for us? All right, this comes from John Griffel, who asks, who is the one handcuff you should add for the fantasy postseason? Which is funny, because you and I were just talking about this last night. Yeah, well, yes, we were. That was because, you know, we're doing slightly better than DK in the Springer Fantasy League, but we, we won't bring that up. <laughs> anyway, we though. Yeah. DK, who do you, what, what handcuffs do you like, DK? Uh, there's multiple that I like. Um, I'm going to go ahead and list, I think Tony Pollard is a really good one. Um, obviously, if if... Zico Elliott gets hurt. They're going to feed him. He showed that he can carry the load um, in the preseason and, and when when Zico Elliott was holding out. All that. He's a good pass catcher. I just think he's a huge um, stash option. And, and if he get, if Elliott gets hurt, he could win you your league in the playoffs. Um, same with Reichwell Armstead, Jacksonville. I mean, we've talked about Lenny Forns all season. 
you know, he's he's a monster when it comes to volume. If Fournette goes down, it looks like Armstead would get a huge amount of the uh, of the volume in that offense. So those are the two guys I think I like the most. And then obviously you've got Alexander Madison here just to hurt me. Um, yeah, because I'm a big Mike Boone fan, but I, he's not I, the, I, you know, Mike I, Boone is not the head cuff. Sorry, he had a couple Mike good Boone preseason is, games. Mike Boone is like the fourth string guy. I've given up on Boone at this point. Hyphens, who do you like? Well, so yeah, so Madison is definitely the one. I think I would tier these guys as well. Thusly, Matt Alexander Madison in Minnesota and Baltimore's Gus Edwards, I think, are worth owning in any league because if and you can throw Latavius Murray in that too if you want on the basis that if the main guy got hurt. Uh, their top 20 running back plays every week. So that's huge and huge for the playoffs. After Madison and Gus Edwards, I don't like Raquel Armstead as much as you DK. Well, I've never liked Raquel Armstead as much as you. You're obsessed with him. But I don't like him. No, I don't think he's I don't think he's like a stud I don't or really, think, really good. I think Pollard is a better player. I think player. Pollard is a, be- a much better handcuff and will perform better than Armstead for the following reason. The Jaguars of 47 qualifying running backs, Leonard Fournette is 45th or third to last in yards before contact per attempt. So he's not getting good blocking. He's getting hit really quick. So why is he having a good season? It's not touchdowns because he's got like none of those. Volume. Fournette leads the league in yards after contact per attempt. 3.6 yards after contact per attempt. That's amazing. It's more than Le'Veon Bell has just straight yards per attempt. Uh, Leonard Fournette doing this his own damn self this season. I don't know if Reichel Armstead's going to be able to do that. Uh, Tony Pollard, I like for the opposite reason. Ezekiel Elliott, not making a lot of people miss, despite what you may think about him being paid a lot of money. A lot of the yardage he's got, most of it is lines that is yardage that the off, the Dallas offensive line has accrued for him. He's not making a ton of people miss in the open field more than 10 yards downfield. He only has six broken tackles this season. He only has 23 evaded overall, which is m- middling. Um, I wish they would get Pollard more involved, like, Regardless of this fantasy question, yeah. Pollard should play more, don't you think? Uh, no, I like I, <laughs> okay. no, but I okay. but I think that he could do. I <laughs> <laughs> was the, no, I I think Zeke isn't as having a season like McCaffrey. Um, but I also think that if Pollard did play, he could do 80 percent of what Zeke's doing. Honestly, and so then, do you like you like Pollard over Armstead then? Yes, uh, by a lot. So yes. you would say Madison, Edwards, Pollard, and then who? Uh, well, so then I th- I'm keeping my eye on Mike Davis for the following reason. Christian McCaffrey is playing 93% of Carolina snaps. It's actually higher than that because the games he's, the snaps he's come out were games that they were winning by a lot. So it's really close to like 95 plus. So it's like a statistical anomaly when Christian McCaffrey is off the field. Uh, <laughs> right. The issue is that who's his handcuff? So, I mean, we thought it was Reggie Bonifon, but he's been mostly doing special teams this season, four or five games this season, only special teams. More than half of his yardage came on one run against Jacksonville. Uh, and then the <laughs> yeah. Panthers claim Mike Davis off of waivers this week. So really seems like Reggie Bonifant's on the out now. Jordan Scarlett barely played this year. Mike Davis is probably the handcuff for Christian McCaffrey, who has picked up a foot injury on the injury report this week. Might, if you own Christian McCaffrey, I'd add Mike Davis. If you don't have Christian McCaffrey, I would look really hard at Mike Davis because if he ends up being the handcuff mm-hmm. for taking anything more than um, one out of 10 snaps from McCaffrey this week. That'd be fascinating. Uh, those, those are my handcuffs. So there you go. Thank you to John Griffel for that question. I think that's all we got. Thank you to you, DK. Even, uh, thank you for agreeing to agree on Marquise Brown. What a wholesome moment. <laughs> Craig, thank you. Thank you to Jim, our sunshine. And thank you to everyone for listening. We'll see you guys next week.
And thank you to Ray Donovan. This episode is brought to you by Ray Donovan, returning to Showtime this Sunday. Everyone's favorite fixer is back, knocking heads as he navigates New York's corrupt mayor and a looming threat to the Donovan family they never saw coming. Starring Lee Schreiber and John Voigt, Ray Donovan is back this Sunday at an all-new time of 8 p.m. Eastern, only on Showtime.